0: Welcome to the Jack Canfield podcast, where we dive deep into the world of personal growth and inner awakening. I'm Jack Canfield, multiple New York Times bestselling author and a human potential trainer, speaker and coach for more than five decades. Each episode will bring you new ideas, cutting edge strategies and inspiring people that will challenge your paradigms and help you unlock your ability to make all of your dreams come true. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Let's get started. Well, today I'm excited to introduce you to Susie Holman, who's a remarkable entrepreneur who has turned her passion for photography into a thriving business and a deep love for entrepreneurship. Susie's journey began with her humble photography business, what started as a way to capture beautiful moments, soon ignited a fire within her. And as she honed her craft and nurtured her entrepreneurial spirit, that fire grew into an unwavering passion for creating and growing successful ventures. But what's truly inspiring about Susie is how she's transformed from a photographer into a true champion of entrepreneurship. She's taken her experiences, her insights, and her lessons learned along the way to help others build and expand their businesses, especially women who may never have realized their own potential. And today, Susie stands as an empowering figure, supporting and guiding aspiring entrepreneurs to unlock their full potential. And through her dedication and expertise, she's become a beacon of inspiration, showing others that they too can achieve success on their own terms. I'm very eager for you to learn and hear Susie's story and learn from her experiences. So let's dive right in and welcome the incredible Susie Holman to the podcast. Welcome, Susie.
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that great intro. It's so amazing to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that all sounded a little formal. I've spent a lot of time on your website. We've also talked earlier and you're an amazing being. So we're going to see if we can pull all that out and share it with people so they can really realize their amazingness as well, as I know you help people do. So I'd like to start by going back to the beginning of your, what I call, truly inspirational entrepreneurial journey, when you began by crafting the perfect bow for pictures of your baby, to taking $35 baby pictures, to now owning multiple million dollar companies today. So can you take us back to that initial spark of creativity and share how it led you to starting your first photography business and then moving to where you are now.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. So that was 11 years ago. I had my daughter 11 years ago and she had a head that was in the 99th percentile. Huge head. I don't know why I (laughs) felt the need to make these absolutely ginormous bows. We had these huge Gerber baby head bows that i went to the craft store and i made all these cute bows and i thought maybe i'll sell these people are really commenting on these bows i think they were just commenting actually on how big her head was but a bow is an easier compliment but i had so much fun doing it and i picked up a camera and thought this is fun i'm having a lot of fun posting them to facebook and then people started asking me to take their pictures and i thought no 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 i'm not ready i i'm just doing pictures of my daughter and her bow but people just kept asking. And I thought, okay, I'll do this just for fun. I will take your pictures. And then one thing led to another and then more families and more families. And it turned out I started on accident, a photography business, which is funny because I grew up in a really small town in Idaho, where every 95% of people where I grew up are the same religion. And in that religion, it is kind of at the time when I was being raised in the 80s, it was kind of frowned upon for women to have careers and to work. So I wanted an accidental business. I did not want to do it on purpose. At the time, I was like, my purpose is all in the home. This daughter, this baby is my whole life calling. But then it started to go, and I started to bump up against this idea of, is this even okay that I have a business? I'm not supposed to have a business. I'm supposed to be a wife and a mother, and that's it. But I was finding so much joy and enjoyment in what I was doing that it just snowballed on accident. And then I started having to dig into my beliefs of, is this even okay that I'm an entrepreneur? Is this okay that I'm doing this? And once I kind of broke through some of those limiting beliefs, it just snowballed from there.
0: Well, I was reading that you didn't even realize that until you were in college that female entrepreneurs could even exist. So what was the turning point that made you realize you could become a successful businesswoman and how did that realization shape your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Can you believe I didn't met my first female entrepreneur tell college? That was how my town worked. It was very much the men and the women were home raising the kids and it was so small. So I went to Utah, the big city of Utah of Salt Lake City, Utah when I realized, wow, there are women doing this and they are successful wives and mothers and the first woman i met in college she owned a physical therapy practice and i thought you own this i must have asked her a dozen times you own this you started this this is your company and she said yes and i realized she had the same some of the same religious values that i grew up with and it something clicked in my mind of this really is an option for you but knowing that it was an option And breaking through my limiting belief of like, this wasn't okay, were two different stories. So that was maybe when I was 18 and I didn't start this photography business until I was 35.
0: 17 years later.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I remember I read something where you'd said your father got a like businessman of the year award or something. You said, I hope I grow up and marry someone like that. You had no idea you could actually be that.
1: I had no clue.
0: So when you started that business and you started to have a sense that this is a business and I can grow this business, just give us a little, what was going on inside your head at that point?
1: For me, it was just really fun. I had the opportunity, my husband, I I actually was a registered nurse at the time. And I was putting my husband through dental school because he was going to be the successful businessman, right? So I found the guy that was going to provide the best life for us. And so I was putting him through school. And as I was doing more and more. I just kept following the spark. So it was photography. And then it was open a photography studio. And then, wow, I was on Instagram and I found this community of women who were just like me. And then from being an influencer to owning another company and another company and every step along the way was just following this like spark of enthusiasm and joy and things that lit me up just time and time again. But with every business hitting this resistance that I had to push through, which I believe is the best part of owning a business and is why I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship. It's not because it's the business. I've had a few different major successes. It's not the business. It's the business owner. It is who you become in the process of owning a business that just makes it so exciting for me that I truly love. It, that People don't tell you that, right? People are like, oh, you're going to make millions. You're going to be able to retire your husband. You can do all this. And that's the that's what people are looking for. But really, it's this person that you become just following the spark time and time again, that I think is the most stunning part of being an entrepreneur.
0: That's cool. I remember reading once that someone said, if you want to get the fast track to spiritual growth, get married, have children, start a business.
1: Oh my <laughs> because gosh, everything so is,
0: It's so true because everything that's not clear is going to show up. You're going to have to deal with it. But when you deal with it, you grow. It's great.
1: A hundred percent. And you have to flex that muscle of trust, like trust in the universe, trust in something bigger than you trust along the way.
0: Now you've mentioned that you have a deep passion for helping women grow businesses. Let's talk about your work in that area for a minute. Why is that so important to you?
1: Because I wasn't allowed to do it. I wasn't truly from our profit that wanted women to stay at home. It wasn't, I didn't believe it was an option for me. So I felt this lack of freedom that like this was the life, this was the life I was handed, this was my role, this was my job, and when I kind of broke out of some of that box and some of that programming to really do what felt true and right to me, it changed me as a human being. And that's why I'm so passionate about women, especially mothers, doing this because you change, you develop as a person, you get spiritually stronger, you can get time, location, freedom that I'm so blessed to now have. That's why I'm so passionate about it, because it makes you better. Those who feel called to entrepreneurship, I believe it's their path for spiritual growth. I really do. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because who doesn't want to help people on their journey to becoming who they really are?
0: That's cool. You just mentioned a term called location freedom, uh, location independence. You write about that and talk about that, teach that. I know you moved from Idaho to Arizona, and then you could go back to Idaho for the summers and Talk about why that's so important and, and how has that impacted your personal life to have created that in your life, this location freedom that you talk about?
1: Oh, well, that's another thing that I just didn't grow up with that. That was so out there. I never even could have imagined having a life like that. My town has 30,000 people and the more specifically the little country, the little country town I grew up in had 309, I think. So to be able to see the world and to be able to work from wherever you want, I believe it's one of the craziest gifts of our time that I wish and I'm so excited for during the pandemic that more people got a, a peek into this world. I feel like that just poked holes in our reality of seeing what was really possible. I think that when you have that location room, you're just free. And when we are free, we are closer to who we really are meant to be, where we can follow our passions and our trust and our guidance and I what having this location freedom is one of the most joyous parts of my life. We spend most of our time in Arizona where we raise our kids and then every June we pick a new place to travel to. So this was we spent all of June in Costa Rica and then we come up here. Why you see all the antlers and things on the background is because we're in Idaho for the month of July. but it's such a gift and it's not really out of the realm of possibility for most people these days, I believe.
0: It's interesting. A lot of people, I, I just bought a piece of property in Costa Rica, building a house down there. And um, so it's a really cool country. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you were there for a month. What did you like most about Costa Rica? I'm just curious.
1: I'm so excited for you. That's amazing. The density of the forest and the rainforest and the amount of plant life, just the thousands of millions of species, it is the most insane, I'm like, did God love Costa Rica more than he loved everywhere else? Because it seems like he put a lot, packed a lot of punch into this place. It's just beautiful. And the people are beautiful and so kind. And I personally liked just the slower pace of living. I thought, wow, I feel like in the US, we are always trying to achieve. That's why we have the fast food, we have everything so that we can keep going and going and earning more. And they seem so content with just what they have and the slower pace, even just down to the making of meals. There was no fast food availability options. That really impacted me of, whoa, we are on this really fast track where we are. And Costa Rica seems to just have this pace down a little better. What about you? What do you love about it there?
0: Well, I like the people a lot. The food's organic for the most part. There's no GMOs down there. Because there's no army, they don't have all the money spent on defense. So what happens is a lot of um, education that occurs. People are intelligent. They speak mostly, speak two languages. And uh, the rainforest, as you said, the weather, I love the place. It's really fun. And there are restaurants from all over the world. And you go there and it's very casual and slow and easy and lots of options and choices. And that's cool.
1: I love that. And my kids didn't wear shoes for a month. It was awesome. Who needs shoes?
0: There you go. I just wore sandals. Now, you have something you call More Mundane Moments Scholarship Program. Tell us about that and the inspiration behind it and how it contributes to providing income freedom for those who may never have thought it was possible.
1: This kind of started, my husband was a dentist. He has since retired and he works with me helping women grow their businesses. But his heart was, and my heart just hurt for some of his assistants that had multiple children at home. And they didn't necessarily love their job, but they were like, this is all I'm qualified to do. And I believe that every single woman is, and man, we all have a dream in us. I know, what's your quote? If you, I do not believe you're given a dream unless you have the capacity to achieve it. That is a Jack Canfield quote. And these women had all of these big dreams, wanted to start a cake business, wanted to start a daycare, but they didn't feel like they could do it. And since I've been able to grow businesses from this ground up, I knew that they had it in them. I knew if they had the dream, they really could achieve it. So we started this to help women, to help them along the path from zero, from where they are now to being able to have a little bit more of this time freedom that they could spend with their families and chase their dreams. And it has been such an honor to be able to help these people get more of that freedom. Because like I think I've said it probably five times this podcast, this life is about freedom for me anyways. That's my core desire is to help people find freedom. The freedom that I didn't feel that I had until I gave it to myself. So it is a gift to be able to help women to get that.
0: Great. I know you have something called Susie School and you are helping people achieve this time, location, freedom, income, freedom, and so forth. And, you know, helping them move through the entrepreneurial pathway, I would call it. You've got like a, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year kind of thing, and helping people start businesses, grow it, scale it. So if someone's watching this and, and they haven't done that, but they're thinking about it, you know, I always thought I would love to start my own business. I've got this idea. You know, what advice would you give them? To, you know, they're sitting here watching, going, yeah, I want to do this. She did it. I think it's possible. Speak to them.
1: I would say first, probably the thing that's holding them back the most is fear. And this is where the spiritual journey of business ownership leads is it starts in a place of fear. You have this glimmer, this desire, this rocket of desire, like, I want to do this. And then your ego comes in. It's like, you can't do this, yada, yada, yada. You can't do it because of this reason and this reason and this reason and this reason. And most people stop there. They have the dream. They let the fear cover it up. Their ego gets involved and they never do it. But if you can just find in that brief moment to say, I can do this. I am worthy of doing this. I desire to do this. I trust that I'm going to be given the pieces to do it along the way and just start moving their feet, taking one tiny action after the other. That's how it all works. It's not this grand drop in thing. It's not one day you're here working your nine to five job that you hate and the next day you own a business. It is piece by piece, step by step. So you just got to Get over that big hump of fear and take the first step. And I believe the first step step is always revealed to you. So it may come in the form of an Instagram post that's inspiring that you follow a girl and then you hire her as your coach. Or it may come as your uncle who said, oh, I heard of this girl doing this and it lights the spark in you and you reach out to her. Your path is going to be shown. And I think people get stuck in this. I don't know the skills. I don't know the strategy. That's all just your fear BS. Just covering up your desire, covering up what you're capable of, so if you stay open and looking for the clues of, hey, this is the path for you, they're there. They're there for all of us. So I would say that follow the clues, get out of your fear for a second, just start moving your feet.
0: Yeah, I love Martin Luther King as a quote. It says something. You can't see the whole staircase, so what? Take the first step, and every time you step up another one, you see more of the staircase. And I remember saying in the in the movie The Secret, you know, if you're driving down a road at night, your headlights only light up the next hundred yards or so. But then as you traverse that, then the next 100 yards light up. And I mean, my life has been, I mean, I started as a high school teacher. And then I realized my students didn't believe in themselves. So I started to teach them self-esteem. And then uh, someone said, you should teach the other teachers how to teach this stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm an educational consultant. And then someone said, my husband's company needs what you're teaching. I said, I never worked in a company. He said, they're just big kids in suits. Now go over and teach them this stuff. you know." And it just kept unfolding one thing after another. And then one day it was like, All these stories I've been telling. Someone said, are they in a book anywhere? I said, no. And they said, well, they ought to be. I thought, "Gee, how many stories do I know? So I'm writing on the plane on the way home, you know? All these stories. I'm making up titles. The Girl Scout story, the puppy story. And I had 69 of them. I thought, wow, that's enough for a book. And that turned into chicken soup for the soul. And in the back of that book, we had an extra page. The publisher said, you know, there's an extra page. We printed it. I just wrote, if you have a story, send it in. Maybe we'll do a sequel. We're like 300 books later now. And so you never know if you just keep taking that next step, whatever seems to be in front of you, do it as well as you can. And then what happens is that evolves into something else, evolves into something else, evolves into something else. I'm curious for you. I think we all suffer challenges and face, you know, we're faced with challenges. I know I was. Lots of different things. I had people embezzle money from me when I first started. I had teachers getting upset that somehow if I was teaching self-esteem to kids, I should teach them to love God, not themselves. You know, they would really be out in front of schools with picket lines. <laughs> so I'm curious for you, what were the biggest challenges you faced along the way and, and any lessons you could pull out of that for people?
1: Well, I was thinking back to your staircase where it's you step on a staircase, and then you go up and then you go to the next stair. But no one talks about that time where you're like, I'm stuck on this stair. I can't actually see <laughs> the next path. And the, the biggest struggles have been for me when there's a reason when I'm stuck on a stair. So we started a business called Jovi and it is a company that has a patch that takes away menstrual cramps, truly. And we had this amazing launch out of the gates. We did a million dollar launch in the first four hours of the business. It was just bananas. It was so fun. We had all of this momentum and then some things changed on Facebook and things changed in the marketplace and we found ourselves go declining. And I'm like, are we going down a stair? I'm not totally used to this. I'm not used to going backwards. It feels like we're going backwards. What are we doing wrong? That is a scary place where you feel like you're going backwards and you aren't. You can't see the path. That's the time when I had to like really dig super deep, so deep. And then you have to t- you have to help your team dig so deep, and you have to fake confidence a little bit, like this is all going to be okay. This is all happening for a reason for some reason, the next step just hasn't revealed itself yet. So here we are. And just trying to stay okay in that moment when you feel like you're sliding back. So it comes to find out we had some processing and development that we were able to do in that time that was really able to take us to the next level. But we stayed on that step for so long, such a disheartening amount of time that those are the times that it feels like it's so easy to like give up, lose hope, quit, do something else it always goes back to trust for me that everything was happening for us and not to us. And now we can see, now that we climbed a couple steps, like, aha, that's why we were stuck there. But when you're stuck there, you're just like, ah, we're just stuck. But trusting that it's coming in its time.
0: What do you think undergirded that trust? I mean, we hear that phrase a lot now. It's starting to be part of the culture. You know, the world's not happening to us. It's happening for us. I've said that. I know a lot of people have said that. I saw Tony Robbins said that recently in something he did. But what do you think kept you believing that? And was it some spiritual faith, friends, uh, reading books, uh, meditating? How did you manage to maintain that faith through that period of time?
1: I would go D, all of the above. (laughs) That that is the practice. What I love is in business where soul meets strategy. And if you're not working on your soul, I don't believe your business is going to thrive because you're going to hit a lull. You're going to start going backwards. You're going to start slipping. And if you're not putting in the work on yourself on the spiritual side, you're just going to slip right down there with it. It is your job as your soul to keep everything centered. So for me, books are huge. I'm such an avid reader. I love books. I love things like this, podcasts, things that keep you in this frequency of abundance and keep you in this energetic of things are going to be okay and retraining yourself step by step, time after time to get back from, oh my gosh, we're slipping to, okay, it's going to be okay. And that's a minute by minute practice that I credit truly so many people in my life, books, experiences, plant medicine, things I was raised with growing up, all this stuff that we need is already in us. We just have to uncover it and not cover it back up. And so I believe that everyone has their own path to that, their own path to enlightenment, their own path to being okay in the hard times. And my path isn't going to look like your path. My books that I read aren't going to look like your books that you read, but they're going to be the right ones if you were open to it.
0: I, mean, I find a lot of times the books are, someone sends you a book or you just you happen to see one on Amazon, and you go, huh? That sounds right, and you just attracted. I've actually had a woman tell me she's one of my senior coaches now. She says walking through the bookstore, and all of a sudden your book fell off the shelf onto the floor in front of me. I put it back up, and it fell off again. I'm going, get out of here. And she said, I figured I'd look better. I didn't even look at the cover the first time, so I bought it. She said, changed my life. So you go like, oh my God, if you just pay attention to the clues around you and respond to the hints and so forth and when people send you a book or you're attracted to a certain podcast, if you trust yourself. Do you have daily disciplines that you do?
1: I do, I love meditation. I have four kids at home, Jack, ages 11 to four. So we always have craziness running around. So really centering myself. I have a meditation practice three times a day. Wake up, first thing thing I do in the morning, usually a transition time before the kids are coming home from school. I meditate, I try to recenter. And then again, at bedtime. And then of course, at my bedtime routine, I love to like write my manifestations like I'm living them. You know this, you are this, you live this, you taught this to me, really being in the moment with what I want to see my life unfold and getting into that frequency and really, those are my big ones, but it is an hour by hour, moment by moment, what are my emotions doing, checking in, how, haywire are they going? Why did I get stuck in this spiral? How do I get myself out of it? And I have found the times that I find myself on that business staircase stuck, or I find myself going backwards, it's usually because I'm forgetting that practice. I'm forgetting to check in with me. I'm forgetting to attune my frequency, and I'm just letting life happen and I'm not really saying cognizant of where are you right now? What is your frequency doing right now? Some days I'm better than others, right? But that's usually my practice.
0: That's cool. I have something I'm doing right now. I read this, I don't know, somewhere. And I took a package of little two by three Post-its and you put them around the walls of your house and the bottom of the staircase and in the mirror. And every time you see one, you say, okay, stop. What am I thinking right now? What am I feeling right now? And it's just a matter of, being like, oh, no wonder I don't feel good. I'm thinking about that's not going to work or, you know, whatever it is. So it's just some little reminders to stay conscious, to be mindful.
1: That is so good.
0: Yeah. I want to share another one with you. I learned, too, that I, I still love, love learning things. There's a guy who wrote a book. He was a peak performance expert at West Point, our military academy. And what he teaches his athletes, uh, because he's responsible for keeping them all motivated, is every time they go through a door, they have to repeat their affirmation. So we all have like our major affirmation for our goal. So think about you're going in a bathroom door, you repeat your affirmation. You're coming out of the bathroom door, you repeat your affirmation. You're going through the car door, corridor, whatever. I did that for a month too. And it like, just, there's so many things you can do that are out there that can become little practices that keep, the term you use that I love was keeping your vibration high, raising your vibration. It's all about vibration. And when we stay in that space and we attract the things into our life that are at this vibration, like all the time freedom and the income and so forth that you have.
1: I wanted to hear what the outcome was that of that practice. What
0: was the outcome? Feeling better, yes, for sure. More importantly, starting to manifest more. I don't always do my affirmations at bedtime. You know, you, you kind of get used to doing something and then you forget it sometimes. And that kind of reestablished that for me. Like it's important to keep doing the affirmations. So doing them all through the day like that started to find that, you know, things I was wanting to happen happening. And sometimes it's seeming like out of the blue, you know, they would come, but it's just being in that space.
1: It's so true. It speeds them up. I love that. I'm going to adopt that one.
0: Yeah, cool. So I want to ask you, you call yourself a branding expert and you help people develop their brands. Everybody wants to have a brand today or be a brand. Talk about how you approach that.
1: Oh, I love branding because I love people. I think we are all so unique and magical. And what I love about branding is pulling out pieces of people that make them them. And then it's fun when it's their personal brand. It's like, this is actually... Do you know that this is what's so unique about you? Do you know that this is what you make people feel when you walk into a room? And sometimes people can't see it in themselves. So what I love about my work in branding is I'm able to hold up a mirror for people and they're like, oh, yeah, I do see that in me. But sometimes they can't see it in themselves. And it's someone when they own like a product company where you can take these pieces that make them them and then apply it to an inanimate object like their product and make that a brand because it's all just energy. We know this. We're all just energy. And so when you can really get this beautiful concentrated energy of a person and figure out a way to spread it with the world, figure out a way to make it sticky, figure out a way that it can have its own attraction power is just so fun. But it's hard for people because it's hard to look at ourselves. It's sometimes we can't see what other people see. So I love that work.
0: How would you describe yourself in relation to your brand that way?
1: Oh, it has been such a journey. My relationship to my brand, and that's because my relationship to myself has been a journey. So I've been a nurse, then a photographer, then an influencer, then a product company over, then an educator, and along the way, letting myself evolve and change and grow and become something different has been the the heart, the most interesting and somewhat hardest part of the journey because when your brand develops you start to call in different people and when you call in different people what often happens is old people fall away and you're like oh but i was resonating with you and now i'm at this different place and now i'm vibrating at this different frequency and we don't resonate anymore and learning not to take that personal and just hey this is just a frequency thing this is just an energy thing we are no longer in resonance and that's okay Has been the journey of the last 11 years because, you know, my ego is like, I want everyone to stay and I want everyone to like me and I want everyone to never leave. But that's just not reality. That's not even healthy for us, right? That's been the journey for me is letting myself evolve, letting my frequency shift and change and not feeling like I have to stay as one person, letting myself evolve. And that's what's so fun about branding when you do it authentically is that you can give yourself permission to evolve and
0: change. Well, I think about the qualities that I admire in you. One's authenticity. You always seem to show up as who you are. And as you say, that can evolve and change. But as you do that, you let people see who that is. And secondly, I think your enthusiasm is just like off the charts. You're so excited about what you do and who you are and what you're evolving into and what you're creating.
1: It's an exciting life. It's exciting. It can be so exciting. And I do hope to serve as as an example of that it's okay if some things don't work out. If you follow some enthusiasm and that was turned out to be a bad idea, that's okay too. When you follow these sparks, follow the enthusiasm, life's just more fun. And when life's just more fun, you manifest things easier. When you manifest things easier, like what more can I do? And I just have been blessed to be a born actually with a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of things. So thank you for seeing that and honoring that in me, Jack.
0: I had a a mentor once. Her name was Virginia Satir. She was a family therapist who was very, very famous. And uh, she used to give out these T-shirts that said I-I-A-F-F-I. And it stood for, if it ain't fun, F it. (laughs) 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 And she was giving out those when she was 80 years old.
1: Okay. I love her.
0: Yeah. Follow your fun. Follow your fun. I think this is something new you're doing. You have something called your online course empire, which helps people build online courses and record them in your state-of-the-art production studio in Arizona. Talk about that if you would.
1: Yes. Well, we talked about time location freedom, and I believe online courses are the most incredible way to get that time location freedom and still be able to do the work you want to do in the world and get your message out there. And so we we have this really incredible studio where people can come and record. We help them along the way of how to build out their course. It's our belief that everyone has a course inside of them. Everyone has something unique that their life experiences has taught them. We've had successful courses from like potty training to how to deal with the difficult adult children to how to grow your business because there's someone out there that needs what you have to share. And that person may not ever be in your hometown, may not ever be sitting across from you at a table, but through online courses, your message can impact people all over the world at one time and you don't even have to be there. It's so beautiful. So we love helping people get this time and location freedom through online courses and sharing their message with people they would never get to meet. It's such a gift of living in 2023 that we have this opportunity and that education is so abundant. We can get education online, right? You could Google something right now. Everything we need to know, we could probably Google. But because there's so much information, we don't—we no longer just want to go to Google. We want a person we know and like and trust that we know is going to bring a transformation in our lives. And that's what I love about courses is that this course creator can lead people through this transformation that Google could never hope to do. But because of their uniqueness and their energy and their joy, they can really lead people through this transformation. So we help people do that. And it's, it's so fun to see people go from stuck in where they are to be able to build this wealth in it's not that hard to do actually
0: I know I've trained a lot of courses like that and uh, you know you just start like you said just begin and keep taking steps eventually it ends up being there I'll ask you this question you know you work with tons of women and you've mentioned fear as one of the common barriers that stops people but do you see other limiting beliefs that are most common in the women you work with and and if you do how do you support them in overcoming them
1: oh that's such a good question. Fear is definitely the biggest. And I think like lack and scarcity. And that just also goes back to fear. This lack of I'm not enough. I am not enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough charisma. I don't have enough money. And so they really let this I don't have hold them back from what they actually may have if they would let themselves even just dream. It's interesting. Like me growing up in my small town, I wasn't allowed to dream as what I could be. I didn't even see that it was possible. So allowing yourself to really dream is the first step that so many women actually have a hard time with. And then two, realizing that you can have it. You really are worthy of having it. You came to this earth completely worthy. I am not more worthy than you, and you are not worthy than me. We are equal in our worthiness for having our dreams. And so really rooting into that, like, I am good. I am worthy. I am chosen. Once you really believe that, I think people start to feel that unstoppableness within themselves, but it it takes work and there's a lot of unwinding and there's a lot of childhood stuff. You kind of sometimes have to sort through to really find your own worthiness, but really sinking deeply into that. I am worthy. I am good enough for this. I'm good enough for my dreams is something that we do a lot of work around in my programs.
0: That's good. Yeah. I find that almost everyone. And even me, I just recently was doing some plant medicine work. And you mentioned that. And uh, I found out when I was five, I was this natural, fun kid. And when I was six, I was in school, and I was on this playground, and I wanted to um, learn how to slide on the ice like all the other kids. It was really cool, and I couldn't do it. And I stayed after school one night. I practiced for like three hours, got good at it. The next day, everyone went, ooh, camp feels cool. And I realized in that moment that I had traded my natural fun for approval. And I all of a sudden I was doing it for approval and inclusion and impressing other people rather than just doing it for the fun of doing it. And that was the beginning of me making decisions that I wasn't enough, unless I was more than enough, better than enough, as good as everyone else in my mind, et cetera. And we all do that. When I was in graduate school in the School of Education at the University of Massachusetts, there was a course called psychological education. How do you educate people about themselves? Something that should be in every school and it's not, unfortunately. And we realized everyone has what we call the core killer statement, I'm not blank enough. And at some point we decided I'm not attractive enough, I'm not athletic enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough. And then you've added the I don't have enough, you know, whatever that might be, intelligence, money, friends, connections, experience. You've gotta go back and heal those decisions and until you do that, then you're going to have low self-esteem, a sense of unworthiness, a sense of no competence. Everybody has to do that. Nobody's exempt. Unfortunately, nobody tells us that. And we think therapy is only for people that are sick and crazy and you know mentally ill and so forth. But it's really this kind of coaching and the work you do in your school and, and the work that I do in my work that helps people release those decisions and step into the essence of who they truly are. And then magic happens for sure.
1: I love that you mentioned your inner child work, because that's something that I'm super passionate about doing, however that comes up for you, and giving just all that compassion to little Jack Canfield, who was just wanting approval and understanding (laughs) where like the birth of this operating system came from, that we all have these places, and I think sometimes it's easy to blame, like, oh, our parents or where I grew up or my town, but really giving just compassion to little you can go so far in your healing journey to get exactly, like you said, to the places that you need to go. I love that you brought that up. Thank you for sharing that story with us.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Just a couple of final questions. Your future aspirations and goals. So you are now, you've got this new thing you're doing with the course development and so forth. As you look to the future, what's on your plate? I'm curious.
1: I want to help thousands and thousands and thousands of women get freedom. You got to get freedom from yourself first you've got to dig in and give yourself that freedom that no one else is giving to you so you have to do that and that's really digging into the spiritual work digging into the inner child work digging into your limiting beliefs, so that you can be free of them and then when you're free of them then you're free to do anything you want in the world you can build the business you can have the time location freedom so i want thousands of women to be able to experience this freedom first that comes from inside and then once that freedom comes inside then this freedom that you want in your physical reality just comes. It comes more effortlessly and easily. So I just want to help thousands of women be able to do this. More thousands. We're already helping thousands. Just bigger, more, all of them. The whole world. <laughs> is that too? Is that too big? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> the whole world is free.
0: <laughs> no, no. You know, uh, fortunately, there's more than one of us. Than you and me and I love all lots of others. So I think we're making a shift right now. I really do. You watch what's on TV, you watch what's the podcast, the books that are coming out, the uh, things you're doing, the things I'm doing, other people, and then our students are doing. And I really do feel like something's shifting. And I think there's a lot of problems in our world too. But as they say in AA, sometimes you have to hit bottom before you start to move up toward the top. So I think we're seeing that as well in the world in terms of divisiveness and drug abuse and and. Political corruption and all the things, but we're becoming more aware of it. And so, awareness is the first step for sure, not only on our own journey, but in our societal journey. People want to contact you, then go to suzyschool.com. Take a moment and talk about Suzy. I love the name, by the way. It's so so clever. And it's S U Z Y for those of you who want to know suzyschool.com. Tell us a little about what people can find there.
1: Yeah. So they can join any of the programs, freshman level business owners who don't know what they're doing yet and want to get their feet under them. Sophomore who already are, have a little something going on and want to grow to their first six figures. And we have junior for people that are already on their way to seven figures and senior levels for people that are on track for senior levels. And the thing I'm most excited about is helping people right now build their online courses. Cause you don't have to be, you don't have to even have a business to get that magical knowledge outside of your head and start sharing that with others. So where I hang out most, Jack, though, is on Instagram. That's where I hang out. That's where all my people are, on Instagram and the Susie and Todd podcast that I have coming with my husband.
0: Very good. I was in a workshop recently speaking there for a friend of mine, and he said, if you don't think you you can be a consultant and have a course, you're crazy. He said, take out a piece of paper. and He said, write down everything you know at the top, and then at the bottom, put a number that you'd like to earn. Now you're a consultant. Go teach that stuff.
1: That's so good. <laughs> It's so true, though. Really, is that easy?
0: We all know stuff that other people don't know, especially if we've like you know got some hobby we've created or some service we're doing, and and we've got a lot of experience. You know, just raising a child with special needs—that that's something that not everyone knows how to do. And if you've done that, then you have that to share with people. All right, this has been fun, Susie. I really appreciate it. I want to let everyone know that Susie has an amazing studio in Arizona. Right now, we're getting a little bit of a fuzzy picture from Idaho up there, but just to know that 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 her work that she does with you when she works with you is incredibly cool because I've interviewed you before when you were in that studio. It's 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 an incredible place you've created for yourself. So thank you for joining us again, Susie. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for all of your energy, Jack. Have the best day. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. And take the heart. I hope you took some notes and notes are nice, but start taking some actions based on those. And you too can become someone who's sharing what you know with the world and find a way to monetize that. And then we'll call you a successful entrepreneur, just like Susie. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. That's it for now. Now, if you found this episode helpful, please let your friends and your family know about this podcast. And if you do have a moment, leave us a comment or a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this on right now. And for even more, you can go to jackcanfieldpodcast.com, where you'll find today's summary and show notes, including a list of web links to get all the resources and any free things mentioned during the episode. And while you're there, let me know what you think by sending in your feedback or any requests for topics you'd like to see me address in the future shows. Simply go to jackcanfieldpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, keep pursuing your dreams.